hey, this is your girl Cynthia, but you can call me Gix, and you're listening to the new show right here on Active FM, where Christ music is hot music. I'm here to give you the lowdown on what's happening in the world around you from general news to the markets. And like I said, for the past eight, is it eight, seven weeks, we've been looking at the 10 worst countries to be a Christian in and we've passed the worst five and today we'll be looking at the country that's rating at number two so keep listening to find out what country it is and why it's rating at number two and if you've been keeping up with the news and stuff uh, China and the United States are in the middle of a trade war does it have an impact on the global economy is the question and if yes is it good or is it bad you don't know the answer to that then stay tuned to find out what the answer to the impact of the u.s china trade war is but like i said you are listening to active fm and not only do we give you hot hot shows but we also have some hot music and you can catch us on our website www.activefm.co.za and coming up we got an amazing track called supernatural by reactive hey this is kayla and you're listening to active fm Everything goes out of my thinking oh, oh, Being seen made by the unperceived oh, oh, So I'm imagining revival oh, oh, Imagining the big invisible Cure my thoughts 
this. This is the new show on Active FM where Christ music is hot music and you can catch my show on Apple Podcasts. Just search for the new show on Active FM. And like I said, I'm your host, Cynthia, but you can call me Gig. so let's get into the news. South African Airways CEO quits. South African Airways prospects of surviving in its current form took a hit over the weekend when news broke that Chief Executive Officer Vuyani Jarana quit over a lack of government support. The National Treasury isn't committing to an agreement to put 21.7 billion rand, which is $1.5 billion, toward the state-owned Korea's 2021 break-even plan. The lack of clarity has made it impossible for SAA to attract outside funding and a 3.5 billion rand bridge facility runs out this month. With the Treasury referring all queries to the Department of Public Enterprise, the ministry officially responsible for SAA, the airline's future is shrouded in doubt. Ratings companies will be watching for the government's next move, which may also influence the rand. While there's been a little indication so far, the South African government has plans to break up SAA. That may be a way to raise cash for the airline, either through unit sales or the reduction of operations and services. Mango Airlines, SAA's domestic low-cost unit, is, is profitable while other parts of the business may also be of interest to buyers. Top ANC officials clash over South African Revenue Bank role. South African Minister Tito Mboweni backed the central bank's existing mandate of targeting inflation only hours after the ruling party's top decision-making body called on the government to expand the remit to include economic growth and job creation. Enoch Gondogwana, the head of economic transformation at the African National Congress, also came to the Reserve Bank's defense. This follows comments from Ace Mangoshule, the party's secretary general, that the ANC's National Executive Committee has agreed to broaden the Reserve Bank's objectives beyond price stability and that it looked at quantitative easing to fund development. The confusion highlights the division within the ANC and further complicates President Cyril Ramaphosa's plan to turn around South Africa's struggling economy, which contracted by 3.2% in the first quarter, its worst performance in a decade. While the independence of the Reserve Bank is enshrined in the constitution, the central bank is increasingly being targeted by factions within the ANC who want it to take a more active role in providing economic impetus. Brexit Britain influences a new Europe. After a meeting of the European Union's 28 leaders in Brussels earlier this week, European Council President Donald Tusk said Brexit had been a vaccine against anti-EU propaganda and fake news, essentially serving a prime example of how bad leaving the European Union could be. Despite Nigel Farge's uh, Brexit party taking home the 
largest share of the British vote in the last week's European Parliament election. Close to 31% analysts believe the UK's results has more impact at home than in Europe. The Brexit party gained 29 seats in the new cha uh, chamber, as many as Angela Merkel's CDU and CSU, and more than Matteo Salvini's League in Italy, which got 28 seats as 34% of Italians who voted opted for his far-right anti-migrant party. But British remains wrapped up in its own Brexit bubble and a few major political forces across Europe are giving any sign they would want to follow the UK out of the European Union. Turkey seeks Russia's aid. Turkey wants Russia to help stop Syrian government attacks on on Idlib, a senior security official said days after President Bashar al-Assad's forces shelled Turkish troops mon monitoring a truce monitoring a truce in northern western Syrian region. While Russia and Turkey agreed on a truce in Idlib last year, the spillover from Assad's attack on the final rebel stronghold in Syria's civil war is creating a strain just as Turkey weighs deploying a Russian missile defense system. The U.S. is threatening Turkey with sanctions if it goes ahead. Assad's forces have stepped up attacks on civilians in Idlib, which borders Turkey, in, a, in an attempt to undermine the Russian-Turkish deal to maintain the provincial truce, according to the Turkish officials who asked not to be named discussing the government's stance on a sensitive issue. We also see that China blames the United States for setbacks in trade negotiation. The United States should bear sole and entire responsibility for setbacks in its trade negotiations with China, Beijing, said Sunday, alleged, sorry, I'll say that again. The United, yeah. The United States should bear sole and entire responsibility for setbacks in its trade negotiations with China, uh, Beijing said earlier this week. The U.S. government accusations of Chinese backtracking is totally ground, Chinese government said in a white paper on the trade war. Historical experience has proved that any attempt to force a deal through tactics such as smears, undermining and maximum pressure will only spoil the cooperative relationship. We also, see, we also see that Mexican president set to win two state governor races. Mexico's president is expected to score comfortable wins at Sunday's state election in the first test of its popularity since taking office, with exit polls showing his party taking both governmentships up for grabs. President Andres Manuel Lopez's party was tipped for victory in the state, central state of Puebla and northern state of Baja California, despite a weak economy, rampant violence and troubled relations with the U.S. counterpart. And that's it for this segment. We still have some hot topics coming up. Remember, you can catch us on our Instagram page at ActiveFM777. And you can catch me on my personal Instagram page at Cynthia underscore Geeks. And Geeks is spelled G-I-K-S. You're listening to the new show on ActiveFM where Christ music is hot 
music. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This little light of Mobility and solutions that make a difference in your business. 
from mobile sales and sales management to van sales and proof of delivery. For a demo, call Rapid Trade on 011-493-9755. Rapid Trade, ahead of the game. Like I said, you are listening to the new show right here on Active FM where Christ music is hot music. I'm your girl Cynthia, but you can call me Geeks. And we've been looking at the worst countries to be a Christian in and we've gone all the way from number 10. And this week we are looking at the country that is ranked at number 2. And can you guess what it is? Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. Yeah, you got it right. It is Afghanistan. Now, Afghanistan is in the region of South Asia and the leader is President Ashraf Ghani. And the population of Afghanistan is 34,169,000 people. And out of all those people, less than 1% are Christians. The main religion in Afghanistan is Islam. And the type of government is a presidential Islamic republic. Like I said, it's ranking at number two, and the score out of 100 is 94. It previously ranked at number two, and the score was 93, meaning things got worse. Officially, there are no Christians in Afghanistan. So if you have to go into Afghanistan and actually ask for a church and stuff, they'll tell you there's no such a thing as Christians, basically. Believers are hiding, and although there are small groups of Christians, there is no organized church. Christians are intensely cautious about who they share their faith with. If a believer is found out, they could be excluded from the community, admitted to a mental institution, or killed for their faith. Now that is crazy. What type of persecution actually dominates in Afghanistan that causes it to be at number two, that causes it to be an extremely close country? Uh, The first one we see is that there's Islamic oppression. The Islamic Republic of Afghanistan neither allows any Afghan citizens to become Christians nor recognizes converts as such. Conversion is seen as apostasy. The Taliban have also increased their control over parts of the country and have a growing influence. We also see that there's ethnic antagonism. People are deeply entrenched in caring for their families and tribes. If someone dares to turn from his tribe to embrace something new and maybe even foreign, this results in high pressure to make the person return to their traditional norms. We also saw this with a country, it was in Eritrea actually, where they don't believe that Christianity forms part of their ethnic back uh, history and stuff like that. They actually believe that Christianity is a Western religion and Christians are Western spies and it's basically the same thing in Afghanistan. Uh, another form of persecution that dominates is organized corruption and crime. Opium production has reached record levels. Everyone who is in the way of the drug lords will simply be pushed aside. In most cases, this does not happen to Christians alone as they hide their faith as much as possible, but they are also affected as they do not have any people to turn to in order to seek help. Now, who is driving the persecution? Since Afghanistan is per constitution an Islamic state, all other religions are seen as alien. Government officials are hostile towards any signs of Christianity, as are ethnic group leaders, leaders of local mosques and ordinary citizens. 
Anyone leaving Islam is seen as betraying their tribal community. In most cases, conversion brings shame for the family and family members will do all in their power to bring the convert back to Islam or to take a tone for, uh, for the shame. All kinds of Islamic uh, vigilante groups are fighting for the honor of their religion and any deviation, even if only perceived is highly dangerous. What that means is if they think you're Christian, if, they, if, you, if you look like a Christian, that could be highly dangerous for you. And uh, I was speaking to some, someone was speaking to me earlier and they, or speaking to a group of us and they actually say that in, in a lot of closed countries, they can tell that you're a Christian by the way that you speak. Literally just by the way that you speak because you don't speak like everyone else. You speak based on what the word says and they can actually tell that you're a Christian and that becomes very dangerous for you. So what does it result in? All Afghan Christians are converts from Islam and are not able to live their faith openly. Very often there is only one possible Very often there is only one possible outcome for exposed and caught Christians. They will be killed and nothing else. If you're exposed and if they find out that you're a Christian, they literally just kill you. Neither radical Islamic groups nor a convert's extended family show mercy in this respect. Converts are considered insane to leave Islam and some may end up in psychiatric hospitals and have their houses destroyed. The family, clan or tribe has to save its honor by disposing of the Christians. Now that is crazy. Can you imagine uh, families where it's girls only and they decide to, to actually convert into Christianity, what they'll do. A lot of them are actually raped because of that. A lot of them are forced into Muslim marriages and all, all Islamic marriages and all of that. And yeah, it's very sad. It's a country that we really, really have to pray for as Christians that um, God actually changes the heart of of the, the leaders of the, of the state and stuff. Now, we're going into our discussion panel and like I said, China and the United States are in the middle of a trade war. And these are like two of the biggest economies in the world. Now, if two of the biggest economies in the world are actually lashing at each other with increasing tariffs and all of these things, what effect does it have on all the other nations, on all of us? And as a global economy, what is the effect on it? Now, before we start, let me explain what a trade war is. A trade war is an eco economic conflict resulting from extreme protectionism. Now, a trade war is an economic conflict from, uh, resulting from extreme protectionism in which states raise or create tariffs or other trade barriers against each other in response to trade barriers created by the other party. Increased protection caused by both nations output compositions to move towards their autarky position. Now in history we've had other trade wars. I've, the first trade war was actually the Anglo-Dutch Wars which lasted between 1652 to 1784 over a hundred years that is crazy we had the opium wars which lasted from 1839 to 1860 
we had the banana wars that ra- uh, that lasted from 1898 to 1934 we also had the smoot howley tariff act which is a united states act implementing protectionist trade policies which was in 1930 we had the anglo-irish trade war in 1932 and lasted until 1938 we had the trade war over genetically modified foods which was from 2010 to 2011 and our current and most recent trade war is the china and united states which started in 2018 Now, the uh, United States President Donald Trump has complained about China's trading practices since he took office in 2016. The U.S. launched an investigation into China's trade policies in 2017. It imposed tariffs on billions of dollars worth of Chinese products last year and Beijing retaliated. So that's basically how it started. After months of hostilities, both countries agreed to halt new trade tariffs in December to allow for talk. But optimism had grown over the prospects of a deal, but that faded. And now the United States has more than doubled tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese products. Beijing retaliated three days later with the tariff hikes on 60 billion dollars of u.s goods now that is crazy and obviously um spiked the interest of a lot of people and a lot of people have questions of what will happen to um the economy what will happen to businesses and all this stuff and people actually asked questions and these are the top questions that were asked and the answers that were given to the questions so the first question is Will the trade war between the U.S. and China have an impact on European uh, and other nation consumers? Now, the answer to that is there's obviously no direct impact on the European customers, but the conflict is seen as a significant threat to the global economic growth. For one thing, these are the two largest economies in the world and very important markets for many other countries. If the tariffs weaken them, it means less demand for goods for the rest of the world, Europe included. That could affect consumers' incomes. The trade war has weighed on the global economy over the past year and created uncertainty for businesses and consumers. There is also the possibility of goods being diverted on the global markets, producing some downward pressure on prices in Europe and elsewhere. The second question was, does China have a trade deficit with any nation? Overall, does the U.S. have a balanced world trade ledger? A trade deficit is the difference between how much a country imports from other countries and how much it exports. And the answer to the question is yes. China has bilateral trade deficits with quite a number of countries. For example, China buys a lot of vehicles and industrial machinery from Germany, with whom it has a deficit of $27 billion. There is also a deficit with Australia, which is a major supplier of industrial raw materials, such as coal and iron ore to China.
China has a trade deficit with several countries in East Asia, including Japan, Thailand, Malaysia and South Korea. However, China has a trade surplus with the rest of the world as a whole, although that has declined dramatically in the recent years. Now, the United States has a trade deficit with China, which has grown since the mid-1980s, hitting $419 billion in 2018. Overall, the U.S. has a trade deficit with the rest of the world. It reached $622 billion last year for goods and services. That's made up of goods deficit. Uh, sorry. That's made up of a goods deficit with $891 billion, partly offset by a surplus in services of $269 billion. Now, who is really paying for the tariffs and the, uh, the United States or China? That was another question that was asked. The responsibility for actually handing over the money for tariffs is generally with the importer. However, actually, however who actually bears the economic cost is more complicated. It's certainly possible in principle that the exporter, in this case Chinese enterprises, could pay by having to expect a lower price for good so that the total cost to the importer was unchanged. But analysis by two groups of economics found little evidence of that. Instead, they found that the cost of the new tariff structure were largely passed through and as increases in U.S. prices, affecting domestic consumers and, and producers who buy imported goods rather than foreign exporters. And the next question is, will trade war affect prices through inflation? The tariffs can affect prices inside the United States in a number of ways. They can add to the cost of imported goods if the tariffs are passed on by exporters that can increase the prices of goods bought directly by consumers. It can also lead the United States manufacturers to raise prices if, if they use raw materials or components that are subject to the tariffs. They can also make it easier for producers inside the United States who compete with Chinese goods to raise their prices. Research by economists at uh, Princeton and Columbia universities and the Federal Reserve suggest all these impacts have been felt. Now, after all these questions and what I've basically explained, how does it affect you as an individual? The trade war has raised the prices of consumer goods that use steel and aluminium. Soda supplies were the first to raise prices. Costs have increased on imported clothes hangers, heavy equipment materials and computer chips and tool makers. The Alliance of Automobile Manufacturers warned that the United States produced steel will cost more once cheap foreign imports are eliminated. The move is threatening the industry's global competitiveness and raising vehicle costs for our consumers. For example, Mid-Continent Nile in Missouri announced layoffs because steel prices became too high for them to remain profitable. Harley-Davidson announced it would move some production abroad to avoid retaliatory EU tariffs. 
The main lobster industry will suffer from Chinese tariffs on the U.S. seafood. California cheesemakers are already seeing their markets in China and Mexico disappear due to the tariffs. Wisconsin auto parts manufacturers and the United States barbon industry are other industries being punished. The tariffs have also showed the U.S. timber and grain exports. According to the Wall Street Journal, in October 2018, several companies forecast how much tariffs-related costs will hurt in 2019, and this is what they've come up with. United Technologies will hurt by $200 billion. 3M will hurt by $100 million. Honeywell, hundreds of millions, and Ford by $1 billion. Foreign tariffs on U.S. exports will make them more expensive. U.S. exporters may have to cut costs and lay off workers to remain competitively priced. If they fail, they may cut costs further or even go out of business. In the long term, trade wars slow economic growth. They create more layoffs, not fewer, as foreign countries retaliate. The 12 million U.S. workers who owe their jobs to exports could get laid off. Now, consulted Oxford Economics predicted the trade war could cost the global economy $800 billion in reduced trade. That is a whole lot of money. That could slow growth by 0.4%. It's occurring at the same time that the oil prices and interest rates are raising. So now, the global economy trade growth will be slowed by 0.4%. Get this. And then, at the same time, the oil prices and interest rates are actually rising. This is just a formula for disaster. Over time, trade wars weaken the protected domestic industry. Without foreign competition, companies within the industry don't need to innovate. Eventually, the local product would decline in quality compared to foreign-made goods. Now, that is crazy. So what is the bottom line? A trade war may improve a nation's trade deficit in the short run, but it could cost worrying nations their economic growth in the long term. The United States is currently engaged in a trade war with China, the EU, Mexico and Canada. Because of this, the affected countries have signed new trade agreements with other countries and have left America out of the loop. The prices have raised for goods such as automobiles, computer chips, soda, and heavy equipment, and the list can go on. Companies have cut jobs because the cost of production with local materials is prohibitive. U.S. exporters of agricultural products, barbon, cheese, and auto parts are suffering as foreign markets disappear under the tariffs. The war between the United States and China must be resolved soon because it wreaks serious damage on the global economy. And yeah, that is it. I mean, it's crazy. It's just disaster after disaster that will be happening. The rate of unemployment will increase in a lot of countries because, like I say, these are the two biggest economies in the world. China, I mean, they make a lot of, of machinery and equipment. The United States is where most of us, uh, most of the countries get uh, help from and all these things. And if these two are actually having a head-on collision with each other, then it's not good for the rest of the countries. And yeah, we've come to that time again where it's the end of the show and I have to say goodbye.
But it's been an amazing show. Like I said, my name is Cynthia, but you can call me Gix, and you're listening to the new show right here on Active FM, where Christ music is hot music. And if you're thinking of where you can catch us and you want to, you know, bring some quotes or comment on the show or something, give us more topics. Remember, you can catch us on our Facebook page at Active FM 777. We are also on Twitter at Active FM. And like I said, you can catch me on my personal Instagram page, Cynthia underscore Gix, and Gix is spelled G-I-K-S. Like I say, this is the new show on Active FM, and I'm Cynthia signing out. Jesus will stay. The exceptional new act of worship album, As Above, So Below, is out. Get your very own copy on iTunes. available on Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music and so much more.
my God until the mountains move. Though my flesh is weak, the spirit won't refuse. I won't accept the bad news until I see the good news. And if my words fail me, may the spirit intercede. I will trust no other source, cause he provides my every need. I will pray to my God until the mountains move. Though my flesh is weak, the spirit won't refuse. I won't accept the bad news until I see the good news. And if my words fail me, may the spirit intercede. I will trust no other source, cause he provides my every need. I will pray to my God until the mountains move. Though my flesh is weak, the spirit won't refuse. I won't accept the bad news until I see the good news. And if my words fail me, May the spirit intercede I will trust no other sauce Cause he provides my every need I will pray to my God Until the mountains move Though my flesh is weak The spirit won't refuse I won't accept the bad news Until I see the good news And if my words fail me May the spirit intercede I will trust no other sauce Cause he provides my every need I will pray to my God Until the mountains move Though my flesh is the spirit won't refuse I won't accept the bad news Until I see the good news And if my words fail me May the spirit intercede I will trust no other source Cause he provides my every need I will pray to my God Until the mountains move Though my flesh is weak The spirit won't refuse I won't accept the bad news Until I see the good news